0: Hi there. This is Hava Vitsa, head of content and community with Change Engine. I'm your host of Pep Talks, our people program podcast, where we speak with people leaders across industries. We'll discuss their challenges, how they've overcome them, and what they're working on now. We hope to inspire the next generation of leaders focused on fostering empathetic and human-first organizations. Thanks for tuning in today. On today's Pep Talk, I have Lauren Rosario Maldonado, Chief People Officer at Claro enterprise solutions, a global technology services organization. Lauren is an executive with a passion for building and growing high performance organizations. She has led teams across the globe, and she has been instrumental in transforming businesses of all sizes by driving financial performance, improving organizational effectiveness, and boosting innovation through people development and engagement programs. She's driven to make a difference not only within her own company, but also in the outside world. Her diverse background includes international leadership roles that have provided her with the ability to influence strategic direction at a board level. Hi, Lauren, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Hawa. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our chat. Um, I loved our, our, our intro call we had a couple weeks ago. It seems like ages ago. Um, and so again, yes, warm welcome. And, you know, I know I just gave a brief intro, but I'd really love to hear from you. So could you briefly describe your background and your experience in the people and culture space?
1: Sure. I started my experience a zillion years ago in retail. And uh, quickly thereafter, I fell into corporate, where I was tasked with launching an HR department in New York City. And this particular organization had uh, actually no one handling HR, and so I was hired to do all things HR. Subsequent to that, I moved to Florida, where I uh, worked in various in companies in various industries, engineering, uh, the tech space, Um uh, the financial industry. And then I fell into this this group of companies uh, that I'm with now and have led uh, numerous companies within the same group where, where I am.
0: That's awesome. So it's a really big change. You've also worn so many hats. So yes, yeah, starting in New York City, which is I mean, I love that city, so um, very. I also started my career in New York City, but um, wearing many hats and growing so much throughout your career. So I appreciate um, you sharing that with, you, with, with us now. And um, so today you run a global people organization. It's multinational, it's multicultural, and it's headquartered in the United States, but it has presence in 25 countries. Um, what excites you about that? And also, you know, what's challenging about that?
1: What's exciting, first, no two days are alike. Second of all, we have, we're have we exposed to so many different cultures. Uh, some appear to be similar. You know, there's the general assumption that all Latin American countries are the same and they are not. And so it exposes me personally and professionally to just a wide array of cultures and, and diverse thought leadership. That's what makes it exciting. What, uh what's challenging in this environment is having to navigate the differences. As much as they are, a, you know, a huge benefit, they can also be a huge challenge when it comes to simple things like communicating and, and perception of time. So, you know, no two cultures view time the same way. Some cultures view time as something as something that can be lackadaisical and just, you know, kind of go with the flow. And some cultures tend to be more, you know, more rigid uh, with time and they tend to perceive time that way. So that can create a lot of challenges, right, especially in the people space, scheduling meetings, honoring the meeting start time and end time and so forth and so on. So just managing different nuances like that is what makes it challenging for me.
0: The cultural differences are really fascinating. I think we've all learned that so much over the past couple of years, you know, amidst COVID um, and our coronavirus. um, I know that, you know, even my company, we have a presence in the U.S., but we also have a presence in the U.K. So even just managing that has been, um, for sure, a a new learning experience. So um, just understanding all of those nuances, all those cultural parts, um, that in itself could be a, is is a full-time job itself, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it's, uh, you know, it's so, it's so nuanced, yet so critical to everything that we do. We may both have the same expertise in the same technical area, but our backgrounds influence how we show up, right? And something as simple as time is, it can turn into a huge minefield for anyone dealing with any other human being in any industry. And so that's, that's great, right? Because we're exposed to different um, patterns of thinking, but it's also something that, that forces us to take a step back and really embrace the differences in our, in our relationships.
0: Yeah. Embracing the differences is probably in itself a whole, I mean, a whole part of learning and growing as individuals. And I think that that's the perfect way to say it is we really need to embrace them, learn them, appreciate them, and understand that diversity that we love. Is in itself diversity, it is differences, and that's what makes organizations so strong is when you have diversity, but then at the same time, you have to learn how to embrace them.
1: That is exactly, well. exactly. Yeah. It, it enhances our experience, right? Because gosh, imagine if we were all the same. It would be so boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I completely agree with you, right? I mean, come on, no, and, and so I mean, considering these multiple cultures and and you know we've already touched on okay communication is a top consideration for you but also and time um but also what are the top considerations you have when uh, have to take when you're launching and running a strong hu- uh, human first people organization
1: i would say the very first thing is to have clarity about what the company's philosophy will be behind Behind its people, above and beyond your people practices, is what's going to be your philosophy? What are you going to value most? You know, bring in leaders and people that resonate with those values, with that philosophy. And that will transcend into other practices that align with the philosophy. Obviously, the company will evolve over time, but that philosophy becomes the DNA of the organization. Right. And so you want to hire a diverse group of people that you can empower to live out and express that philosophy and everything they do. Empower them with the right tools and the in the right environment to carry forward with the organizational objectives and never lose sight of where your business, your industry, your 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 practice is heading. Right make sure that you understand your your the business well what are those internal and external forces that that really interrupt your space at any given moment so that you can evolve continuously with the company with the organization those I would say would be the, the top considerations but ultimately the philosophy is what's going to get you there right? Because if you're going to galvanize people and have this human-centered approach to everything you do, you have to embed that in the strategy, in the philosophy and the values of the organization.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is uh, key. I think that a lot of companies probably struggle with actually living by that philosophy as they grow, I'm sure. Um, You know, you have your core business, but as you grow, as you build products and services, you know, Um, sometimes the focus can be taken away from that company philosophy. And so I'm wondering, in in your opinion, um, do you have any tips um, or suggestions for a company that's trying to help maintain their company philosophy as they grow and they scale? Um, Perhaps, you know, it's through development. Perhaps it's like you said, also making sure that you have those human centered leaders that you're bringing in, but, um, I'd love to see if there's anything else you wanted you want to add in as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely have that in, that employee experience role set from the beginning. This is the this is going to be the the compass that's going to lead you not only lead you there, but it's going to make sure that everything remains people centered throughout the entire company's existence. Typically, what happens is that companies, especially that the ones that are starting uh, starting up don't necessarily create that function from the beginning right because everyone shares that same philosophy they're coming in they share the philosophy and, and the ones the founding fathers if you will or, or mothers and all of the above they they're, they are all they all share this same philosophy the same vision mission they they all share that that drive that zest. For what that philosophy is. But as the company grows and as it as it evolves, you know, though that same group of people are focused on the core business, okay? And they're so entrenched in driving that, that the employee experience tends to, to kind of fall through the cracks a little bit, especially in fast growth environments. So I would say solidify and establish that role from day one and check in often, right? The employee experience is not linear. It's not supposed to go in one static line. It's gonna have its ups and downs because of the disruptors that you have as part of your normal day-to-day business, right? Look at COVID, it has changed the way we work across the globe. So I would say, make sure you have that role in place, check in often and include the employees. Very, very important. Include the employees in that uh, in that practice. This doesn't have to be a top-down approach. It's top-down, bottom-up, you know, left to right, right to left. Everyone is involved in this in this process. The second tip is that preserving a human-centered organization is not limited to just the employees right? It includes your, your external suppliers, your your external t- stakeholders, your local community. What are you doing to involve your local community in this effort? And how are, how are all the different types of groups involved in driving those strategies, right? So it's I would say that's the number one tip bringing all of these aspects together and evolving them as the company evolves. It's not a one-off. It's not a one-time annual survey type thing. It is, It is a state of being and making sure that every single lever in the organization is aligned with that foundation in mind.
0: I love that. I love that for so many reasons. So firstly, having someone So focused on in the beginning, Um, I guess whether that is a role that has been carved out for someone, or whether that's a founder within the organization who's taking that on. It's like I'm owning this. Um, You have someone who's going to always champion it, and then always bring everyone back to you know the drawing board together to say, "Hey, we need to continuously be thinking about this as we grow." Whether you're you know like two employees like you said founding fathers mothers or whether you're 50 100 150 and then the idea of 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 also how you interact with yeah your vendors your community all of those sorts of things um I actually think it it takes us back um to one your just your background in in working with this multicultural um cultural organization um and how you do have to kind of take those things into consideration of how you do work with outside um, outside folks beyond your employees. Um, and then also just thinking about, you know, de- your development as, as, you know, as a leader and continuously as your employees and, and even your vendors and, and the community outside that. So um, it's very holistic approach, I'd say, <laughs> for sure.
1: That's the perfect word for it. It has to be, it has to be no two companies, no two uh, people are the same. And so you have to make sure that you're holistic about it and make sure that it's continuous, right? It's not a a point in time exercise. This is a state of being. It's like uh, your financials. Your financials you review on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual basis. And so the people side behind that has to be reviewed with the same accuracy, with the same cadence, right? It's the one aspect that is commonly an afterthought yet it's the one aspect that drives everything in the organization
0: Mm -hmm. it's um it's it's I think that's why I don't like the word initiative because initiative I think has a has a start and an end so um but it's really I mean you know it's kind of a way of life it is it is a life cycle that goes on and on and 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 uh morphs and grows and matures and maybe sometimes you throw it away, right?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And you hit the nail on the head, right? Sometimes you do throw it away because Mm -hmm. sometimes philosophies will evolve over time, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to stay in tune with that. And in order to stay in tune with that, you have to check in often. Right. And you have to listen. You have to listen to what your external stakeholders are telling you. You have to listen to what your internal stakeholders are telling you and complement both in this holistic approach. So absolutely. It is a it is a a continuous process. And hell, it's not even a process. It's just part of your entire ecosystem. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. You're right. I mean, I think we're always trying to, lay, you know, I like the term uh, we've been coining, you know, trying to call things people programs and trying to just guide people away from the idea of an initiative um, because it's the best word that, you know, I could come up with. But it really is this kind of ongoing. Yeah, not a process, not a, you know, it's yeah, the whole ecosystem. is it, a part of everything. So yeah. Um, So kind of on that, uh, in that same kind of tangent or going slightly off, but, um, you know, thinking about moving from like the employee experience and really looking at the development of your organization to actually your development, um, how would you look at, how do you look at your own development as a people leader?
1: I'm always a work in progress, right? Always striving, never arriving. I'm always, and I had to learn this um, the hard way, right? I started my careers as as your typical uh, HR leader. I felt it was typical, where you know you're following the guidelines and you're following the checklist and you're very, you know, charm-oriented. No offense to charm, but very linear. I started out very linear, and I I had to learn very quickly that well human beings are not necessarily linear. Life is not linear, right? It's very messy. So I had to really focus on my own self mastery and learn about social and emotional uh, skills and and how I wanted to show up as a leader, right? I had to learn to own my own authentic, uh, authenticity. And little by little, bringing more of that into my practice helped me uh, become the leader that I am today. But it's not a, again, a process. It's, it's a, it's a continuum, right? And so it's something that I don't feel I will ever um, accomplish, so to speak, because of the fact that people are continuously evolving. I think that if I if I sit here and tell you that I, I have mastered, you know, all these skills, I'll be lying first of all. And second of all, that would be very arrogant of me because humans just don't operate in that way.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, the perfect way to say it is just that it's, it never, it never ends. I mean, Hey, I I was just thinking, as you were talking about, I was, I was looking at when my plant next to me, I'm like, we plant a seed, and we let it grow. But the hope is that it just keeps growing, right? For a lifetime. Yes. Um, yes. And and so sometimes <laughs> you have
1: to prune it, right? Yeah. And sometimes you have to, unfortunately, cut a, le- a little leaf because it's. Know dying, but yeah, it'll it'll bloom other leaves
0: exactly, right? And, and so it's like this continue. You know, you hope that you're going to have this massive plant that doesn't fit in your home anymore, but you are continuously caring for it throughout all this time. And I mean, truthfully, humans are right in the same way. Um, if we look at that. And it's not just hard skills, um, but the soft skills also that are just so outrageously important. So um I want to ask you about that. What soft skills do you feel that you and other leaders need to have to be successful in the present? Um, but also in this vastly change, vastly and very quickly changing workplace.
1: Ooh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. I would say most definitely social and emotional learning skills, right? And listening empathy, compassion, uh, self-management. Whew, that's one that I work on every day. <laughs> self-management, uh, you know, the, especially the, the landscape where we are today. Uh, work on your communication skills for sure, but own and embrace your own vulnerability, your own authenticity, and and be intentional intentional about those skills right you know enhance your listening skills to your listening to yourself listening to others and and coexisting with others and in, in the same space I would say is are uh, a good set of skills to continuously work on for sure
0: those skills are not the ones they teach you in school huh. <laughs>
1: No, they are not. I wish, I wish that you would have to master or at least have some kind of functioning (laughs) ability in in those skills before you graduate. Uh, No, no. And it's funny because they also contribute a lot to entrepreneurship and business as a core. And, And it's incredible that still as much advancement as we've had in the technological space and in the 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 business world that these skills continue to fall behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean I don't think I had anything like that in my um you know in my undergraduate or graduate programs, but even starting younger. I mean the idea that you said about you know owning and embracing your vulnerability and and how that you know, improves your ability to lead. Um, that is not something that we're taught. Um, I do think we're going through, I mean, I don't know if I want to call it a revolution right now, but we are going through something in the world, right. Where people are really making decisions on how they want to work and where they want to work and who they want to work with. Um, and, I just wonder what it would be like if that was like integrated into our learnings like earlier on. And as opposed to, you know, much
1: a little later down the line. <laughs> Absolutely. Imagine if some, you know, a little skill such as listening would be honed in on in the beginning of everyone's career, just listening. The world of work would be incredibly different, incredibly mm-hmm. different. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, what again, the next generation of leaders will be because so much work is being done right now. Um, and, and so many challenges that we are kind of working on right now. What is how is that going to affect us in 10, 20, 30, 50 years down the line in those sorts of um, you know, it's not immediate basically.
1: <laughs> no, no, it isn't. It isn't.
0: Yeah. Mm. So in terms of challenges, I mean, there are so many that we are, that the world is dealing with that people teams are dealing with that organizations are, but um, in your opinion, what challenges do you think are mo- most pressing for people teams right now in our current world?
1: Ooh. Well, tough question. I would <laughs> say the number, that's a loaded question, my friend, I would say the one of the Biggest challenges is dealing with change, and it's not so much change itself because obviously change is the only constant, right? Uh, but the warp speed at which change is just being thrust upon us—that's that is one of the biggest challenges. We've seen that exacerbated by this global pandemic in the United States. Uh, specifically you know we have all of this uh, legislature impacting the workplace or virtual workplace in the midst of this, this pandemic and so you know people leaders are having are having to change on a moment's notice in order to be able to adapt and, and continue preserving the employees' well-being right that is just incredibly taxing. On, on, on a person, regardless of your role, and so technology, yes, has been a blessing, but it's also been a curse because it has exacerbated the speed at which change occurs in our day-to-day lives, and and sometimes that gets to be extremely taxing, right? Not only to the ones trying to carry out. The, the changes, but the ones receiving and the ones having to adapt to the to the change as well in their own way. And I would say the 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 other challenge is having to integrate that into this whole um, this this new level of adaptability and resilience that we need to have, because as we continue to uh, approach. Our work in a systematic way, um, you know that that creates a challenge in and of itself. And so, just bringing this together, bringing this into your your workspace is is definitely the, the biggest challenge I see, uh, it, and it permeates to every other area, right? You know. Uh, galvanizing and engaging employees, uh, empowering them with the right tools, providing the the right space for them to grow and and develop and providing the right space for them to contribute positively and, and vice versa, creating an environment where it feeds and fosters that growth and development across the board. But this is happening at such an incredible speed that it will only continue to uh exacerbate the way we experience change and adapt to it so change the speed of change by far has been the most uh challenging aspect of of leading people
0: that resonates so much um you know (laughs) not not just personally but you know with friends with colleagues just what you see in the news i mean okay what do we have going on right now you know with companies who who really wanted to return to the office and then they had to pivot very quickly and how many times has that happened just over the past couple of years and you know and and obviously that that is we don't know what it's going to be like in even 3 months or 6 months and um and so i do think that change in general right yeah it, it feels like we're just every day there's something new that's going on and uh sometimes you just want to press pause right um and like i mean to, both of those things are are two things that well we don't totally have control over right um the the speed of change that's going on um and then also you know as a part of that is this other part you mentioned about you know, needing a whole other level of adaptability and building resilience. So those aren't quick fixes, right? Uh, they're, no. not, they're, no. they're not easy. Um, so. Do you have advice for people teams? And and maybe even this goes beyond people teams, but really, you know, any leader and, and anyone listening in, right, for trying to navigate those challenges and and accomplish and, you know, Get some wins in terms of building resilience and being adaptable, and those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, the number one thing I would say, or the, the priority number one is self care. You know, it's it's the one thing that uh, you must prioritize, especially during these times, and and this goes. Again, for anybody in any in anything, any any industry, any field, any function, any role, uh, even work at home moms, and that self care you know applies differently to different people. It could be anything like literally staring at the sun for a minute a day, but whatever constitutes self care for you is it is important because it's going to lead into other key things that that should be done. Acceptance, accept the situation, accept the role that you play in the situation and carry forward, right? Show up, do the work, repeat. But if you don't take care of yourself, you can't do that effectively. And if you don't do that for yourself, you can't uh, bring the best in yourself so that you can bring the best in someone else, whether it's someone you lead or your kids or your spouse, your partner, your friend, your family. So that's priority number one. Two, accept the unexpected. Uh, expect the unexpected. I mean, expect the chaos, ex- expect the the uncertainty, the change, and adapt and overcome, right? So accept it be aware and move on. Uh, That will in turn, little by little, create this grit that we need, right? This resilience that we need in order to adapt. Um, You know, enhance your humility and authenticity. We're all vulnerable in this space and that's just the reality of it, right? We can get COVID or we cannot. and, And that's just the reality. Accept that, humbly. Uh, stay curious, stay curious, never stop learning and evolving, both internally, personally, but professionally as well. Never stop learning about your industry, your craft, your, your business, and always, always integrate that both personally and professionally, I would say
0: those are all integrated within yeah within each, each other each one so you know self care you need to take care of yourself in order to be able to find acceptance with 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 the uncomfortable with the unexpected um you know a part of learning is dealing with the unexpected and dealing with a, that um staying curious is about how to learn new ways to care for yourself to to build resilience, to build grit, um, to enhance your humility, you know, maybe you don't know how to do that, how, you know, being curious and wanting to learn about how you can do more of that. So, um, those are all wonderful tips. And I think that they go again, like you said, you know, integrating it into your personal and professional life, all of these tips go so much further than, you know, outside the office, it goes past your job. It's really, um, very, again, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times, but it's a very holistic approach and, I think that in general, we are looking at taking more holistic approaches with with life, and and that in general, I think, right? We're all working from home, so now work bleeds into our home life, and yeah, so it's like you have to take that holistic approach, yes. right? Yes, and it's
1: almost like it's blended. Wait, is this <laughs> home? Is this work? You know, I have no idea where I am. Oh, wait, this is a door. Oh, okay, yes, this is work <laughs> space.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, um, it's true. I mean. I just I think that the the biggest thing that for me, I think, walking away from like a conversation like ours is it's very inspiring and motivating to know that there are leaders in industries that are thinking about these things. Because um, it can, you know, it, like you said, it can be taxing and exasperating and, and, and burnout is still something we're struggling with and will continue to struggle with. Um, but knowing Absolutely. that we have... Yeah. Knowing we have people like you, right, um, who are fighting the good fight um, is is part of the is mean, a big first step. Uh, I mean, it's many, many steps, but a big, big part
1: of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I mentioned humility, too, because mm-hmm. don't don't be afraid to say, you know what? You, I need a mental health day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to regroup. I need to take a step back and and think literally or empty my brain so that I can think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so humility <laughs> is a big part of this good fight, right? And, and employees need to see that. They need to see that their leaders are experiencing uh, similar things or that they're experiencing anything emotional at all, right? We're not robots. And it's in that humility that we can all... Um, you know, that we all show up and support each other. It's in that humility that we can all learn from each other and continue to build this ecosystem of resilience and and grit.
0: That's an excellent point. Um, I mean, a few of them, but one in particular, I'd like to pull out is that you need to see this from your leaders, because I think there are still employees, many that are, you know, afraid to still take a day off because they're not you know, sick with COVID, for example, or <laughs> whatever it may be. They just, you know, perhaps they wake up one day and they just they really need a day for themselves. Um, and taking that stance and and leading in that way, it shows employees that hey, it is okay to to also take a day for your for your mental health for your mental well being. Um, so I I definitely hope that more leaders can kind of do that work in the in
1: the way that yeah. th-
0: that you have. Um, yeah,
1: and, and it's something that uh, you know, you asked me about what what are the skills that I've had to work on uh, for myself as a leader. And I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I've never been the type of person to think that I don't have the answers. I can always get the answers and, you know, help the employees along. With it. But I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there were times that I literally had no idea what we needed to do. And there was very little guidance. And it really took me being comfortable with telling the team, you know what? I have no idea (laughs) what we need to do, (laughs) but I'm sure together we'll figure it out. (laughs) And we will go from there, uh, always with the philosophy of keeping everyone safe that's that was the premise and and i think that they they appreciated the the nothingness in my brain at that time but they appreciated just being in that space and sharing that that vulnerability right sharing the fact that we were all freaking out we didn't know what we needed to do but we knew that we would figure it out together and that it would be okay
0: yeah I mean, those two things. So one, you gave them the confidence that like, we're going to get through this together. Um, Two, you kind of brought in this team aspect of like, again, that togetherness. Um, And then three, yeah, that vulnerability. You know, I've had so many conversations over the past week and um, that just being able to be okay with vulnerability, which I know is tough. That is the name of the game, right? Like. (laughs)
1: That is the name of the game. the The more vulnerable you show up to your space, the more the more connected you will feel with people, and the further you will go yeah. in business, in personal life, in, in wherever, whatever the industry. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's like uh, it, it's like being an anthropologist, right? You're you're looking at the human experience and how humans coexist. And that's that's the name of the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you've inspired some some kids to become anthropologists then, because that in itself, hope right? So really
1: I really great. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could use more. So I have one last question for you is um if you could ask one thing from the C suite, what would it be?
1: Don't lose sight of the humanity behind what you do make sure you bring that people sent people centered approach to all levels of the business whether it's financials or a go to market strategy because there's always people behind those uh, initiatives so always bring always view the business from that from that people lens and it, that will help all initiatives preserve that philosophy. Um, at the end of the day, business is about people, right? It's about the business of people, regardless of the industry you're in. It's always, unless you are in the world of robots, and even then there's people behind the robots <laughs> and people who engineer the robots, right? But um, <laughs> As long as you embrace that, th- there's nothing that you can, they, there's nothing that you cannot achieve.
0: That is both, I think. A very simple and straightforward ask and also a very challenging one. Difficult. Right. It's so (laughs) difficult. difficult. (laughs) It sounds so straightforward. It sounds so simple, right? Yeah. And then you realize how insanely difficult it is when you're also (laughs) trying to balance 700 different things. Right. Yeah. It's but it's absolutely most important for sure. So, and even, yeah, even robots, I mean, robots are being built to mirror humans so that, Hey, you yes. have to be human centered. And
1: even then they have to be programmed with emotions, right. And, and people centric right. <laughs> programming, but um, right. it is the most difficult. It is the most difficult you can do. The most difficult aspect of work uh, yet. It's the most rewarding. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, even if, if people were to ask me for tips and things like that, I would say it depends. It depends on your company. It depends on, you know, how long the company has been around. If it's a startup, great, because you can start with a blank slate. It's If it's been in existence, you know, you have to dig deeper and really look into the, the history behind everything that's being done. But it's something that that can take the company to great heights, if it is embedded in all practices of the organization.
0: Yeah, I hope that everyone heard that the C-suite across the board, <laughs> everyone who's listening, because attention,
1: that is, attention. Yes, yes, literally,
0: right. <laughs> so we've, I mean, uh, we've talked. You know, that's all the time we have today, and and I, I, I have so many more questions. I feel like I could ask you, and you know, we'll have to continue talking because I feel like I've just learned so much from from your experience and your background. And, um, you know, we've talked so much today about, you know, first navigating different cultures, um, and the differences in that, um, you know, company philosophies and how you drive core values and, and how do you live up those core values? And then, and so much of it has been in, you know, both personal development and, uh, you know, and then employee and leadership development and, it, again, I'm just going to say it one more time. It, it has come down to this very holistic approach, I think, that you've really presented to us and and to to all of our listeners. Um, So I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us, um, helping our community, to teach our community, to grow our community of thought leaders. Um, I hope you've enjoyed your time as much as I have. It has been an absolute pleasure. And to our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning into our pep talk today. You can subscribe to our podcast for more upcoming episodes featuring people leaders. And that's it. Until next time, again, thank you, Lauren, so much. It's been such a wonderful Monday day.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Ava. Thank you so much. It's been amazing talking with you. Yes. I look forward to speaking with you further. Yeah, for sure.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks to our listeners again. And thanks to Lauren. And until next time, y'all see ya.